Yo fam, my name is Nick Pags. I'm a fitness professional, speaker, coach, and entrepreneur. And in this series, we share stories and connect with individuals that'll ignite your spirit and get you to step up and out of your own way. Welcome to Let's Go! We're giddy right now, and we're being recorded. I like this. We're giddy because we've been talking about doing this for... I don't know. A year and a half? A year and a half. How long have I known you? Two years? Two and a half years? Definitely two and a half. Two years too long, my yeah. friend. Or too short. This, this seems like a normal Tuesday, except that there's microphones, a there's table. Microphones. <laughs> we have a table in the yoga room. Should, All right. So tell, tell everybody who you are, Mr. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Give us the lowdown. So I'll give you the basics of who Obi is, because I think that's my job. <laughs> yeah, you, you know better than I know myself. <laughs> Obi is one of the kings of the industry right now. He, although in a small scale in terms of being in one space, is a master of the art of fitness. Whoa. A master. <laughs> that's what it's he true. said. It's <laughs> true. That's what he said. Obi is one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. Him and I always, that's why we've been talking about a podcast, because we've always talked about how... Yeah. Amazing. Hours be. and hours of content. <laughs> Unrecorded. So much unrecorded content. <laughs> so we're recording it. So Obi, give him the lowdown. What do you do? Who are you? Go. Well, my name is Obi, Obi Noye. Um, I'm the owner of the Partners Gym in Thornwood, New York. Uh, so that's who I am right now. But there's a long, long history to how we uh, got to be Obi Noye, the owner of Partners Gym in Thornwood, New York. Ready so to go. right now we're, we're in, my, uh, in my spin room at Partners Gym, <laughs> <laughs> rocking it out. This is where we have most of our discussions, so it was appropriate that we started in here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell them, because what I want to go back to, because I think one of the most interesting things about you is your story. Yeah. Just tell the world... And somehow, if you can keep okay. it Okay, so let, let's, short. Keep, let's keep it under uh, a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go back to Genesis. So I, um, I'm Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria. I uh, moved to the U.S. to go to college. Uh, so I went to college in Texas. Where'd and after you go that, to college? I went to college in Texas. University, University of Texas, Dallas. Wow. UTD. Wow. I was just the, uh, Who are we... Uh, the site, not the cyclones. I don't even know who, who my team, what we are. I think we're the comets. We're we're actually <laughs> no, 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 a bunch no. of a bunch of nerds. It's <laughs> it's the biggest nerd school you'd ever find. I like, love it. All the huge computer science researchers, University of Texas Dallas. Yeah. So um, I moved to the U.S. in 2000 to go to college. Got a degree in computer science at the University of Texas Dallas. And then I was, I was always really good at school because it was a big pressure coming from Nigeria. My parents paying out-of-state fees. You had to be really good at school. So, you know, got the 4.0 in college. You know, got a job at IBM because, mostly because of the hard work I did in college. Um, and then worked at IBM for 12 years from 2005 until 2016. So, uh, do the math. I didn't time. even actually know all that. Okay, keep going. So I was at IBM 12 years. I was actually, I'm a software developer by trade. I write programs. I make computers do stuff. Um, I always loved just the power it gave you to using, you know, essentially letters and numbers to make real things happen. Like everything running on your phone, and your computer, there's someone who sat there, designed it, wrote the actual code line by line to make it happen. So that, that's what I do by trade. And then I went into management. So I was a manager for three years at IBM. Um, I was part of a team that ran a, the operating system that runs, when you swipe your credit card, Visa, American Express, um, if you book an airline flight, usually 80% of airline flights you book goes through my operating system or our operating system or their operating system now. So I managed a group that does that, 80 people in Poughkeepsie, do really good work with uh, the operating system that it's a high transaction environment where you can run 100,000 transactions a second, something like that. So that was my, my second half of my IBM career. Got tired of being a code monkey, essentially said I want to be part of creating something, a business, running a business, and then you know, joined this group. After that, I got a little, bit, a little bit of an itch. I had to run my own space. I had to see if my ideas in, in terms of how to treat people well, how to run a business, how to create a demand for a product you have, how to satisfy customers actually made sense. So that's when I took the leap and I said, I'm gonna buy something and run it myself. It was either gonna be a restaurant or fitness. In terms of fitness, I've been way back in Nigeria, I tell my parents, get me that, the thing with Chok Nari's, um, Total Gym, 
every summer. I'm like, my parents, I'm like, you guys have to get this for me because I need to be jacked. The thing with Chuck Norris. I, Wait, for I those was, of you who are not actually watching this right uh, now, you've got to understand <laughs> who's saying this. This is a beast of a creature. How tall are you? 6'4? 6'4, 230. Yeah. He's a monster. So I was 6'4, 165 at some point. My height's 165. 165. Yeah, that, the day before I started lifting. And then I'll tell my parents, I gotta get big. I was having trouble at school. I was getting bullied all the time. Like, I have to go get my, my sister's friends to come help me out. I'm like, I gotta get big. And then they never, they never, they were like, ignored me. There are no gyms in Nigeria. Like, you don't have gyms. Right. You just carry stuff around. Right. That's just what you do. You carry water from here to here. You carry um, produce from the farm from there to there. There's no use for gyms. So when I moved here in the U.S. in 2000, 2000, I told my uncle, Patrick, we're going to a gym right now. <laughs> I put the luggage down. I love Went this. right into Bally's in Plano's, Plano's, Texas. Incline press for 45 minutes. Straight because my <laughs> uncle, my uncle oh, left me right there. She, he put me on a bench and said, "Hey, figure it out." I started incline pressing for forty-five minutes straight because I didn't know what else to do. Imagine you've never been in a gym before in your entire no life. Yep. Someone puts you in a gym with a barbell and walks away. Oh I'm looking around and say, "Hey, everyone appear, appears to be pressing this. I'll just press it." Twenty-five pounds on a forty-five pound bar for forty-five minutes. That's how you get your chest sore for literally three weeks. Three weeks, you can't lift your arms. Yeah. Yo, so, three weeks. Like, so, from all the way from Nigeria, I had a huge love of fitness, like how I to use it. activity to kind of improve the human body, improve the human health. So, that was the first thing I did when I came to the US. But my passion was still software development. So, I definitely went to school. I didn't drop out at that point. Went to school. And then moved to IBM, um, did management, as I said, uh, the, the uh, operating system that runs the visa and the transactions. And then at some point, I got, got the itch that said, I have to figure out if you know, my ideas are, can stand on their own. And that's when I started looking. Was it either going to be food or fitness? And I found a gym. I, I walked in here, and this is partner's gym. Walked in here. I fell in love right away. And I told the agent, this is going to be my place. I don't care what the ask is. So I had a, at the time I had, I had a partner, I had a money, a money guy. I mean, I'm just a civil, I guess a, a nine to five guy at IBM. I, I'm not rich. Right. I can't afford to buy stuff like this. So we, I start talking with the money guy and we start discussing that philosophy in terms of running the business. And then I realized that I was getting into the same problem I had at IBM. I was having a boss again. Mm. So I said, I'm going to go on my own. He said, I'm going to bid against you. See all the, these ideas you have of, oh, we're going to make the prices more affordable to people. We're going to get rid of selling all these products that I thought were predatory to people. You can argue however what you believe, but I can't sell what I don't believe in. We're going to get rid of that. 40% of, revenues, 40 of your revenues are out the window. You're going to cut prices and not 25% of revenues out the window. The business you're buying is being sold because it's not making any money. He told me in six months you'll be done. And he said, if you do that, or I can bid against you, buy the place, and I'll actually make it work. And I said, okay, try me. I love it. So we bid against each other for Partners Gym. I'm working at IBM at this point, you know, full-time job, nine to five, going do the office stuff. And then on the side, I'm bidding on this business against my money guy. Right. I'm like thinking, okay, how are we going to fund this? Everything I have, everything that's not nailed down is getting sold. If it's not nailed down to the house, it's getting sold. <laughs> Because I'm going to have this business. And I made an offer, I, and, I, and I got partners. Then, the, then actually the work begins. Because now you figure right, out what you bought. Right, because now you actually right. have the place. Now it's like the dog that was chasing the, you know, the car. And now you caught up to the car, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. So I'll let you, uh, this is uh, essentially how we got here. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Oh. We never spoke about that. Nicholas. Okay, so... <laughs> I guess my like the first thing that comes to mind when you're telling all that everybody. So I don't want to make it like story time in here, and I love hearing your story. But I think what yeah. I want to hear, what people want to hear, yeah. is this discussion. The biggest thing in that whole story is you wanted to do something. You were set in your nine to five. It was so easy. You were like I was enjoying doing it. really well. Get you know moving up. It was yep. on the path I was supposed to be on. My parents were you know 
they could it could explain what I did for a living. Right. And everything seemed right <laughs> everything and everything was seemed perfect. Right. And then you just threw a monkey wrench in all of it and you were like, let's yeah. go do something. I want to know that exact second that you were like, that's it. Like, I'm going to go. I mean, you're going on a massive limb. You're essentially throwing your life away is what some people right. would call it. I spent, I spent seven years in college. I have a master's degree in, in software development. Right. Um, so I'm not just, I, I, I spend a lot of time developing my career in software development. I have a very good reputation at IBM as a developer, as a manager, I think, I hope. And there's also my parents' hopes and dreams in, in Nigerian culture. Education is really status. Right. right? Um, business ownership is not. It's, it's education. So all of that stuff was invested 12 years, right? And then going into a business that was A, already failing, that's why it's being sold. B, I knew nothing about. C, was going to involve every last um, safety net I had was going up. It was, it was a better all on black situation. But I'm not a gambling person, though. Right. I mean, I, I like to know that I have some advantage. I don't like to go into fights I can't win. I need to have so an advantage. So what was your advantage that made you feel like it was okay to do this? See, you have to be very, you have to be, you have no choice if you're going to do something like this to be super confident in yourself. Right. To believe that you're better than the next person. Right? Preach. I believe I had an insight on people okay. that, that most business owners don't have. Right? I believe that I have, I, you know, whether or not it was true is irrelevant. The fact is that I believed it, mm-hmm. and that's why I took the risk. That's huge. That, I'm going to stop you for a second. That shit gets me going every day. It's like, sure, you can have all the logistics on, like, right. or the data saying that this probably won't work. Right. I am so locked in on it working, and if you're, okay, so a lot of people get that immediate, like, and this, this we've talked about before. A lot of people get that immediate, like, oh, I feel like I want to do this, and I get, and I hop on it, like a workout program. Yeah. They do it for a week. It's the, the guy who's psycho enough to do it for an extended period of time and just won't give up until he's right. dead type that, of thing. You, you, yeah. Giving up is, is not, that's not something that I know anything about. Right. So then and you were in this place of like, yes, I'm going to try something crazy. But also just, it wasn't like, I'm going to try something crazy and hopefully it'll work out and it'll work. And again. like, you knew you were walking into fire, absolute right. fire. And right. you were cool with that. Right. I, I, I had a lot of conversation, conversations with myself. I told myself, okay, first of all, I said, like, for the first year, I'm not going to make big decisions because I knew one thing, I mean, it's one thing not to know, but it's, it's, I think it's better to know you don't know. Right. I knew I didn't know. Um, I have this one insight about people and how to del- deliver value to people. It doesn't matter what the business is, lemonade stand, gym, running a software company like IBM. It's just a matter of trying to figure out, like, what, are you, what job are you being hired to do? And can you deliver on it, right? Your, your customers wouldn't tell you that because they don't even know. I mean, they don't know what drives their behavior. It's, it's insight. Your insight that tells you, okay, that's the job. Okay, that's, so that's one thing I knew about myself that led me here. Because I knew I, I, I believed I could be successful in any business, right? Again, we, the argument as to whether or not this is true is a totally different one. It's, but it's at the also time, null. It doesn't technically matter. At the time, for me to make that move where you sell everything, go all in on your 401k, and say, I'm going to do this on my own. You lost your money, guy. You move into a town where you know nobody. All that stuff. A new industry. Right. I had to believe that. But number two, I knew I was willing to do whatever it took. Right. Right. I was in a position in my life where if somebody says, oh, okay, you're going to have to work whatever number of hours. You're going to have to lose whatever n- number of friends. If someone said you're going to have to you know, give up whatever number of, of social time, of, of vacation time, of anything, I knew I was willing to do it. I knew that there wouldn't be a gym owner anywhere around me that would be working harder than I'm working. Right. I knew that for sure. There was no question in my mind about that. And given those two things, one, what I believed was my, was my talent of figuring out how to deliver what people want in any situation, because I spent a lot of time reading, being introspective about myself mm-hmm. to then get here. And then two, knowing that if things went wrong, then I'm not going to quit. The combination of those two gave me confidence that I'll last long enough to figure it out. Right. right? And that's all. You, if you time. If, you have to, if, you, if you're in the game, you can win. If you're dead, you have to stick with it. You can't quit. If you quit, you, you can't win. Right. 
So and you're not those in are the two, game. That's why, win. right? You gotta that's get something in. we discuss. Like, and and I, when I talk about my business and what I've done so far, and again, like, I'm excited for this podcast because I'm not the successful guy telling everybody how I got there. I'm in the middle of it, which I kind of think you're in that place a little bit too. You're always in it, and right, the more interesting right. story is, is never about what you achieved; it's about how, how you, you achieved, achieved it. it. Yeah. The trials and tribulations. I read more about failure than I read about success. Right. There's a lot more to be learned from failure than success. But the difference between you and, and me, and I think we have this, which is why our conversations are always great, is we have read tons of books. We've done a lot of information, like the, the understanding right. aspect. That's, that takes that, one type of that's person. That's the homework you have to do before you go bet your life on something. But then the stuff where it stops, like... I think 99% of the people are capable of doing the reading and right. understanding and learning. There's 1% that follows through. That's what I really believe. The big success stories, the people who right. kill it, you have to be willing to, like, there are so many people that are going, I said this in a talk last week, there's so many people who are going to go to their grave with a killer amount of information that was never implemented. You know, that's, and that's a conversation. It's a, it sounds, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's, it's something people say all the time that right. at your death, it's cliche. <laughs> right, it's very cliche. Words. Yep. Um, at your deathbed, what, do you, what, what is it that you said, I wish I, I would have done? Right. And for me, it was doing this. And, you know, when I told, when I told IBM I was leaving, um, whether or not, like, people know it or not, I was offered situations that were what I wanted. Right. They said, okay, this, 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 and that, here are the options. So they made an effort to try to keep me. Um, I'm glad they did that. I was flattered by it. Right. My parents were like, hey, take it. Give it a year. <laughs> yeah, See what kidding? happens. Right, right, right. And I Again, told myself, another safety play. Right. If I, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, what Dude, would I regret? I that I this. didn't take that position that was going to be safe again. Just a different version of safety. Or that I never found out what it's like to either fly or fall on my own. Right. That was what I was going to regret on my deathbed. And it's cliche, but that's actually what I told myself. Right. And I think that that's, if there's anything, because right now, if you're listening to this, you're sick in the head if that doesn't like motivate you. There'll be, there'll be people yeah. motivated by that for a second and be like, yo, that was fire and give us like five yeah. stars. That was sick. And then almost all of you will go home and do jack shit about it. And you'll just keep doing your regular routine. Even though you have this fiery passion to go do something yeah. special. So I think the conversation that, I th that you and I, maybe we never got this deep into yeah. it, but we should. Like, what is that trigger? Like, why do I have the balls to do it? Why do you have the balls to do Listen, it? Listen, the, the, the jumping off a plane doesn't start with jumping off a plane. Right. It starts with getting on a plane, like making an appointment to get on a plane. Mm -hmm. Everyone can make an appointment to get on a plane. Call the place up and say, hey, you know, I, here's the time I have. My, me and my friends are coming. That's easy. So every step up to that big step is really, those have to be taken. But they're approachable and they're doable and they're not that daunting. Right. So for me, as somebody who worked at IBM and had this idea to go run something myself, get an agent. Yeah. Get an agent. Have them look, start looking. Yeah. I, I, at that point, haven't... So take a small step. Make, make a small step toward your goal. And as you make those small steps, the bigger steps, as they come into your view now, don't look Way as daunting. Way more achievable. Way more right. achievable. So if you're thinking, oh, God, I have to jump off up. I have to go do this. And you're thinking about the end point. Well, there's a lot of things you have to do before you get there. So say, take that next step. Right. Take that next step. What's the next step? And keep walking the line. I mean, at some point, obviously, you're going to be afraid. It's going to be a step. You'll be like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this. Right. Um, but you just have to, once again, when it comes to being that supremely confident in yourself, it, it, you know, it, you just have to be. It sounds cocky. It sounds a lot of things. But there is no it's other so way. Yep. There is no other way. If, you, if you're doubting yourself, everything in the world has risk. Right. If you're doubting yourself, you're adding more risk to the risk that's already inherent. Than, than in, in How old are you? 36. So you're 36, I'm 26. Two, I guess that you could call that kind of similar areas of life-ish. I'm old enough to be your dad, yo. I don't know what you're going to be. Like. <laughs> and you're, I'll be 10. <laughs> so, so the reason why I ask that uh, is because I know somebody is saying, well, 
you know, you're young or you're old. Like, if you're yeah. 18 and listening to this, you can't relate to 36-year-old Obi. If you're 52 and hearing this with kids and a family and you're hearing my story at 26. Right. It's, it, the, the rules always apply. That's right. my point. The rule applies day in and day out. The answer is if you want to hire an assistant. For a year and a half, I had this thing about hiring an assistant. Yeah. I've to, we've talked about this. Yeah, Because definitely. I'm trying to run my business on top of Ripped as a co-owner there, and I'm unbelievably overwhelmed sometimes, yeah. and I'm like, I have too much, and I'm actually doing worse for myself because I'm not right. letting somebody do the small jobs. I, I hired an assistant last week. I don't know if I told you that. No. I hired an assistant last week. So, <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thank you. All, <laughs> so all, <laughs> all it took yeah. was two things. Take the first step, which was like my first step was talking to the person that right. I thought would be a good option about yeah, it. Definitely. Just talking about it. Um, and, and I think that so many, like you said, booking the appointment to get on the plane. Yeah. Just, just book the appointment. Even if you don't go, like just that first step of booking the appointment. Yeah. The second thing, I stopped giving a shit about other people. Yeah. So, which sounded rude. I stopped giving a crap about what other people thought about my decision right. to have. Right. So I talked to my parents about it because they mean a lot to me. Right. I talked to my siblings about it because yep. they mean a lot to me. I talked to the person that I wanted to be my assistant because she, she was important to me, obviously, right. in that discussion. But we get so caught up. I was so bugging out, like, am I important enough to have an yeah. assistant? Yeah. Am I, do I have enough stuff to do? Like, yeah. what if my boy Chris Vacano, shout out to you, bro, sorry. My boy Chris Vacano makes fun of me for, like, having, yeah. like, he is a big-time guy on Wall Street, makes a ton of money. He's very successful. He's a killer. He should have the assistant, right, not that, me. Yeah. And it just is, like, it's such a demented mindset yeah. that we create thought processes for other people. Other people that they're not even having. Because you know what? They're worrying, about, they're worrying about themselves. Right. They got a lot of crap going on, too. They're worried about, hey, Nick has an assistant. What does it mean about and the also, world? What's the world coming to? And if they're coming out of their way, like out of the woodwork, to tell me that I'm an idiot for hiring an assistant and I think I'm so ego driven and so important, then you have a big issue going on that that's what you're taking your time to yep. discuss with me. Like, but you're right. I mean, when you take big steps, um, obviously there's an inherent chance of failure. Listen, you know, the. the Small business is a triumph of essentially hope and confidence over stats. Right. To a great approximation, every small business is dead. If you want to approximate. So you're not going to say there's a chance that things don't work out well. Right. Right? But there are a lot of success stories. And you, to, find, to, to find out if to get success, you have to take a step. But what we get afraid of is to fail in public. Mm -hmm. Right? So... If I, if I go take a step and buy this gym and all that stuff, and then I go out of business, all my friends know about it. Right. All my clients know about yep, it. Yep, yep. The town knows about it. Oh, you remember that gym that used to be over there? Yeah, that was OB's. It went out of business, right? What about all those thoughts going through your head when you're about to sign? Do you think about that? Did you think about that? I just cut you off in an idea. But seriously, like, was that all going on in your head? Like, holy shit, what if this happens? Am so, I screwed? I, I, I think um, I, had to be, I had to be comfortable with, th this is just how I rationalize myself, right. is I think about the worst case scenario and I go, I'm cool with it. Mm -hmm. I, I, was, I was okay with failure. Okay. I was okay with it, but you know why? Because I, I was so proud of myself to have taken the step that after I signed, I already won. Right. As far as I was concerned, I won. Because the people who are there will be potentially laughing at me when I fail, what step did they take? Right. Because you can always go back. What uh, step newsflash. You can always go back to that point of like, hey, man, you know, you're, those people who would be picking on you, I grew up being bullied. Those yeah. are the bullies. Hey, high five. Hey, <laughs> bullies. <Yeah. laughs> that's, 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 let me see you start, you start lifting. No. Do you need to? No, no. Okay. So I, that. I'm actually, I'm actually in the clock right now. He's I'm, on I'm, I'm working the front Shh, desk. Don't tell anybody he's working the front desk. <laughs> He does everything. <laughs> he works the front desk. He teaches the classes. He's got personal training sessions. So those people, to me, this is how I live my life. This is a massive game changer. If, like for those of you listening who are like still, oh, but you can't just drop everything. The people who would be the people picking on you at the end of the day are the bullies. Right. They never win. 
ever. They might momentarily get over on you in front of people and they look like the tough guy. Nobody likes that guy long term. Right. So like even at the end of the day, even if they're all picking on you, you failed. It's like, just sorry, man. Like I'm good. Like I can go to my grave saying I gave it right. a try. But you know what, Nick? There are far fewer of them than we create in our head. Right. So in our true. heads, there's three for every one that actually exists. Right, right, right. Most people would come to your aid. I believe in goodness. Uh-huh. I believe that just pure evil is, it explains very little about the world. Right. Most people would come to your aid and say, what can I do to help? That is usually your experience when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? But it doesn't mean that your brain doesn't make up three of them for everyone that actually exists and uses it to scare you into not taking big risks. Big risks is not... If, like, if you want to go back to the evolutionary terms... Um, evolutionary times, like it's not advantageous to be go- be taking big risks. Risk in risk obviously means go, some, it could go wrong. It's better off just sitting where you are in your cave, you know. And then once uh, you know food comes by, eat the food and then sit there and be safe, right. right? That's that's that keeps everyone safe, right? So yeah, your brain makes up these things for all kinds of reasons. Um, but to, you know, I believe in goodness. I believe in the goodness of the world, but. It, but that vision in your head is still there. And that's one of the biggest impediments to taking action is you think about public failure. Right. And what people will say. It's so true. I, like a million thoughts are going through my head. And so many, again, for guys my age, girls my age, who are at this point of like, should I just kind of go through the process of taking the steps by step to like go up the ranks and everything? Yeah. If that's your thing... I talked about this last week, too. I did a speaking engagement I, last I, week. I, I actually saw that. And I was like, yeah, that's what I tell. That, Just that's like, and, and look, I'm not against the idea of mediocrity. Like, we get a really negative mindset with that word, maybe because it's not the right word, but we get, there are so many people trying to leave a legacy. That's like the millennial thing right, right now. Let's leave a legacy. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. I don't know. I say it, and I don't even know what I yeah. mean by it necessarily. Like, you don't want to be forgotten. Like, yeah. everybody's going to die. Yeah. When, when everybody wants to freaking someone statue. in the public square. <laughs> right. My, the only legacy I think that is worth... I don't even want to get into that. But the legacy, like, for me, the only one that's leaving is, like, do people feel like I improved their life in some way? Like, that to me... That's the legacy I want to leave. But even that's another discussion. I just think that there's so many times when we are so... I don't know. I, I, my brain is going to go a million no, miles no, no. an hour on this. But I, I, I see exactly where you're going with this. Um, so, yes, if you decided that... You know, we're not like glorifying entrepreneurship as the only way to show metal, to right. show courage. Obviously... You know, it's 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 not. I mean, having a family that that you're there for, that you do anything for, um, and that exists and have the happiness they have because you've chosen to sacrifice for them. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's that's. I mean, my, what my parents did for them. My, um, that's what my parents did for me, and I think they're incredible heroes. My parents never started a business. Well, now they have, but but that's not what that's not what the legacy is, right? I there's so many ways to win at life, right? But Ultimately, you have to be true to yourself. And if your way of winning is not a 9 to 5, and you're doing a 9 to 5 because it's, it's safe, then you really, really have to find a way to get off of it because you only get to live once. Right? But the, and there's and, ways to do it in pieces, though. Like, right. Oh, definitely. Like, if you're, if you're doing the 9 to 5, like you were doing, you were looking at spaces for a gym. Like, you knew you were going to make a move, but you started with researching. You right. started I, I was, with... I was scheming for three, four years. Right. So that, like, take those... That's the baby steps of calling the plane yeah. company yeah. beforehand. Right. Like, that's, that's the stuff you got to hop on and stop just, like, telling all the reasons. So many people talking the talk. And it's like, great, your business idea is phenomenal. It's also never going to exist because you don't have the balls to take a step in and do it. Right. So I'm all in on that. Like, there are some people who don't want to do these crazy ventures and all that stuff. Yeah. Just find, like, if you're passionate about something, they're just, I just believe at this point in the world, there is no reason to not be doing at least part-time something that you're really passionate about. Yeah. Everybody's got a family to feed, everybody. So if you're really young, 25, 26, you need to be doing this stuff. Right. Hurry up 
and get it done before you're holding too much baggage because when you turn whatever age and get married and have kids, you have certain responsibilities that you put on yourself that you can't just back out of. Yeah, I mean, your, your life changes. Totally. Um, your life evolves. Because it's and not just you, your life right, anymore. You're a different person and then your priorities change. Um, but I still think, as they say, you could always be living your best life. Totally. And your best life is not the easiest life. Right. Not, 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 not by any means. Um, and it's being able to know what that is and then being true to yourself is all that I think this discussion is about. It's not so much about quitting your job and then running away. We got to go backwards. Okay. Your best life is not always your easiest life, dude. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was so good. Wait a minute. Okay. Uh, Step back because that's a, the yeah. title of a podcast in itself. Your best life is not always your easiest life. I would venture to say that most of the people in my life are choosing the easiest life because it means the best. Easiest often means the most money. Easiest often means the most solidified. Yeah. Easiest often means the clearest path. Yeah. Easiest often means where your parents told you you should go. Easiest often means like whatever seems to be sitting there and it's like, wow, this opportunity fell in my lap. Right. The stuff in my life certainly, and I'm only going to speak for me because I know it, but I'm sure you have lists of stuff like this that have been the most rewarding, and you've heard it, 18 billion ways from Sunday, like uh, the most rewarding moment in my life was the tough thing I had to work right. for. True and true again. Like I have the hardest situations I've been in, the ones that have kept me up crying at night, the ones where I thought like there was no way out of it, the ones where I thought I was completely in the dark and I had to work my tail off to figure out how to get out of that situation are the ones that are the most rewarding in my life. My best life has been in my most imbalanced situations. Yeah. In those moments where I had no, like I was going all in or I was not sleeping or I was co completely confused of what my next step is or like when stuff got comfy, I almost felt this like stomach pain of like, this, is, this isn't this is right. Like it just, and there are just people who are like that. Like you're like, you get fired up by the challenge. Yeah, I mean the process. The process, man. Um, and so success is a moment, mm -hmm. right? The path could be a lifetime. Right? So, yes, that moment is it, it, it's fleeting. And then you move on to the next one. But what you remember is, is the path there. The ups and the downs, the sideways, the back and the forths. That's what you remember. That's what life should be about. We're incredible creatures. We have, we have awareness. We have consciousness. We have intelligence. We have the ability to relate to people. We have the ability to enjoy music. There's so much experientially that we're blessed with as homo sapiens. Exploit it. Right. That's, I mean, we're, we're problem solvers, right? The end of it, people always say, I want this, I want this, I want... Okay, so now you have it. Right. And it, it's probably not as exciting as the path to getting there. You know, I was thinking, you know, the... the um, right now, the, the, the mega million is like a billion dollars. 1.6. Right. Uh, I don't know what, what it would be by the time you see this. <laughs> but what I, think, what I was thinking, I was thinking, I was driving, and I said, I don't want to buy it. You know what right. I thought to myself? I don't want to lose what I have right now. Right. I don't want to lose the struggle. I love the struggle. You know, it's the winter makes the summer, uh, you know, um, feel good. Make the sun feel good. You know, the snow makes the sun feel good. If you, if you, if you, if every day for you is sunny, you actually don't know what it's like to enjoy a nice summer day because you've never actually enjoyed a nice. There's summer a day. level of us that's obsessed with self sabotage, and it's a scary word, like term to yeah. use, but we do it all the time. It's what it's what our fitness lifestyles are based off of. How we got to look the way. That's so a, again, OB a, is this. If you're not watching this and you're just listening, he is a, a 12 pack. Just set. He looks like what are the the blue the avatar? He looks like a large black avatar. That's what he looks like. The, he's that, the sickest. That movie, the movie yeah, with like the braids yeah. and everything. But he's got a mohawk. He's terrifying. <laughs> he's the biggest teddy bear you ever met. But he's a savage-looking human. Both of us have learned a lot from weights. Yeah, I would say that. Like I always like to bring it back to exercise. The resistance is the only thing that got us strong. Yeah. Without the weights that everybody claims to hate, right. without those things, we would never be that strong. Right. It's this idea of Same. praising the process, yeah. right? I, I came up with this thing a couple weeks ago that I love and I've been using all the time now. I use acronyms because I can't remember anything ever. So it's 
AARP, and it goes through this whole thing of acceptance, you're gonna eat shit, take action, um, and then resistance is the third. But it's, the last one is praise the product. I mean, praise the process, yeah. not the product. We have, we have put so much attention, love, and focus on product, the nice car, the watch, uh, the big gym, the multi-million dollars, yeah. this, that, and the other thing. We put so much attention and love into that. That product has done jack shit for you. The product doesn't love you. The product doesn't grow you. It's the process that gives you everything you want. Yet we're running from the process. Like we're trying to find an easy route. Even on the fitness side, a lot of people come in and say, okay, um, my goal is to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. Okay, first of all, there's, there's really nothing you can do at any point in time to lose 10 pounds. Right. You could choose, you can make a better choice when it comes to time to eat, right? You could choose to make time for fitness. Those are things, those are parts of the process you can control. The end point, you actually can't, you actually you don't have as much control of the product as you do of the process. Right. So what you can do is say, I'm going to become a healthier person. I'm going to make better choices. I'm going to um, make time for fitness and all, all that stuff. And then you're going to eventually, the, the product is going to come. Mm -hmm. But you focus on what you can actually control, and then you do your darndest to be, to be great at it because it's under your control. So that's why sometimes I, I almost even don't think about what the end is going to be because so many things affect the end. The process is in my control. And the and product I actually evolves. And this one, this one I love. Right. And this is huge. The product evolves as you get invested in the process. Definitely. So like if you're trying to lose 20 pounds or 10 pounds, while you're going through the process and you're really devoted in and you're educating yourself and you're learning and you're growing and you're pushing and you're accepting and loving the process of it, next thing you know, the 10 pounds Right. Or it's like pocket change. You're right. like, who cares about 10 pounds? Right. Listen to me. I'm trying to get to like, I'm trying to look the fittest and feel right. the best I've ever been. Right. The 10 pounds will come like when it comes. All the other stuff is what, like your product becomes, it, it evolves. Yes, it becomes definitely. stronger, right? Yes, definitely. So that, that to me, I think is a massive misunderstanding that if you just keep focusing on the goal, you'll get there. And I look, Somebody's saying like, yeah, obviously you have to think about the goal. I have this weird thing. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this right now. I don't really, I'm not goal driven right now. You know, you know why we have so many good conversations? Because it seems like we have some wavelength that we're just dialed into. Yeah. And, you know, we're just on it and we're listening to the same transmissions. Yeah. Because sometimes when you say things, and I've been thinking about it since I was seven years old, just to just give me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? And this is why you come in here and then we'll talk and we'll look and go, oh my God, we're going to go teach your class right now. <laughs> but but that's it. a very profound statement that I've, even in when I was in Korea as, as a management, in management, so big company management is you come in and go, what's your five-year plan? We sit around, make a five-year plan. Those are the goals. The funny thing is that the next year, you do another five-year plan. Everybody forgets what the last one was. Yeah. It's just yeah. what you do, five-year right. plans. And I've always had an issue with goals. But I, then I read this book um, about goal blindness. Okay. And What's the book? It, Do you okay, know? essentially, uh, Jesus Christ, I wish I... Wish, I, I, so I, read, I read six books a month. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hard for me to remember which one I read. All right. But, but it, it, it talked right, about... Mr. Smarty Pants. It, uh, <laughs> I actually, I use other voice. It's I read cheating. six books in my life. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cheating. I just listen to the book. Someone reads it to me. Um, but it, it, it talked about uh, these group of climbers that wanted to go to, they want to go up Everest, mm -hmm. right? This was the most number of casualties on Everest ever in a single day. So they were very goal-driven. They had to be at certain points at certain times. Then the weather changed. And Everest is not something you want to mess with, right? right? It's, it's, we're not supposed to be there. Okay, so the weather changed. And they stalked you. They said, this is where we have to be at this point. At this point, whatever is going on, we have to get there. I don't remember the number of people that died, but it was the most number of casualties on a single day on Everest. And the, the author used it to describe a concept called goal blindness. Setting a very vivid goal blinds you to, one, reacting to the unknowns that you, that you have now known because you're taking steps into the process 
it blinds you to a better goal out there that you didn't know about. Right, right, right. And then you're just so focused on it that you walk to a place that either, you know, that kills you in, in their case or isn't as good as where you could have been if you had, if you took a more process-minded approach. Yeah. Um, I feel like, like goals are something that's very difficult for you to control. I am, I'm in, at both ends, one, a believer, I'm a small speck in the universe. There's so many things going on. And I, I don't have any aspirations as to, okay, I can do anything I want, anything, anything I want. Yes, there's so many different factors going on. And if I say I'm going to be a millionaire, I could, there's so many reasons why I may not be. But you know what I'm going to tell myself? I'm going to be the hardest working gym owner right. in the entire state of New York. Yeah. That I can do. But listen to me. That this, I can do. And this is huge. You, you said it and tapped on it, and, and I got to jump on it before you move. Um, you're talking about like the not veering from the process or when you get stuck in a goal, it's the only thing you think about. Eight years ago, so for somebody who's 36 right now and thinking back to 26 and you had an entrepreneurial mindset. I don't call myself an entrepreneur because I hate that the word has right. become so saturated with bullshit lately. Yeah. So I don't like that term. I don't use it for myself, even though I guess if you look at the definition, it's what I'm doing, yeah. starting my own business and all that. But if I say I'm 30, you're 36, right? So you're yeah. 36. At 26, if you have been stuck on the same goal for 10 years and you're driven to follow that goal, so say you wanted to be a speaker, because I want to clarify this and I'm making a mess of it. You want to be a speaker, and yeah. that's all you can think about, right? The way you thought about it before this thing, yeah. holding a phone, is a completely different story than what it is now. Right. So I can wake up and I have uh, seven-ish thousand followers on Instagram, not a huge following, but I can wake up and I can post something that 6,000, 7,000 people could see in the morning. If I was on a track of, I want to be a speaker be and a I want to walk from door to door yeah. and try different places, I'm sure eventually you would get really good at it and maybe go and like get some bigger gigs. Yeah. But if you never jumped on the opportunities to the left and right, like, oh, social media, what's that? Oh, Instagram, I got to try that. What's Facebook? Oh, Instagram Live? Let me see what that is. If you don't hop on those opportunities, so see what I'm saying is now the, pro the, the product has become greater than I ever could have imagined. Right. I was hoping to reach New York City to talk to fitness instructors and be a speaker for them and be a motivator and instructor for them. Now I'm thinking about tapping into millions of people Every morning I sign on to my phone because now there's a process that allows me to do that. 10 years ago, there was no media like that. Right. So I think that if you don't pay attention to the ebbs and flows left and right, you don't watch the weather of the mountain, right. it will beat you to your knees. All the people still walking door to door right now who are not utilizing social media and trying to become a speaker are screwed. They're just never going to get there because they're not using a bigger platform that grew in the time that they're so focused on tunnel vision. Right. So, you know, when, when you hear this, you go, yeah, but why wouldn't that person just see what's going on that's very obvious and then switch? That, that, this is, that what we're saying is essentially a tautology, that it's obvious that somebody would do that. It's not. The, the goal blindness is a real thing. So real. So when you, when you essentially put your goal on a pedestal, that, that you, you, you would, you're less likely to question it as things go. But it, this comes with an acceptance that, okay, there's a lot, to, there's a lot I know, but I, I, never, I never let the fact that I don't know something you know, stop me from going into an area. I always go, okay, there's something, there's a few things I don't know. That's okay. I'll figure it out as I go. But I'm open to the fact that there's facts out there that's right. not privy to me yet. Right. So I walk cautiously towards my goal. I don't put my goals on, as defied on a pedestal and say, that's going to be it. And if I don't hit it, everything is over. I think in terms of systems, right? I knew versus goals. What system do I want to be in? I wanted to be in a system of taking advantage of whatever insight I believe I, I have on consumers. I'm pleasing them. I never said it was going to be owning a gym, right? I never said it was going to be moving up and becoming an executive at IBM. It's just that I wanted to put myself in a position where I get tapped into my system of pleasing clients, right? right? Pleasing someone. 
and that's and that's that's what got me here. And the goal morphed and changed. And now, in ten years ago, I would I would have you know if you told me I'll be here right now talking to you. In this in this industry, like, no, way. no, no. Yeah. I am I I am I am someone with a master's degree in software development. Right. I'm not supposed to You're be computer running guy. fifty you know uh, group fitness training sessions a, a week. Yeah. That's that was never the plan. Right. But my system was pleasing people, and the path took me here, and I was open to it. So this comes down to something that I talked about in in this thing last week. Um, it's all coming back to this because I think it is just something that's really huge in our lives right now, the world right now. It's understanding your core values, who you are as a person. Obi, clearly you understood that Obi is a person who likes to make others feel good. Like that was it, like you wanted to offer a service, I don't know what that is, and I want people to experience it and it be a good experience for them and me to be the guide, the, the, the implementer right. of that process, right. right? That's what I think for me, my, I came out of school a counseling and human services. Like a lot of people don't know this. I came out of school a counseling and human services major. I was going into counseling because I thought I want to help people. I wanted to be a physical therapist. Then I realized I hated science. So let me like figure out another way. Oh, counseling, I could talk with people. What's a better way to make people feel better and like love people who need love? What I realized was when I opened my eyes a little bit, it's all around you. There's so many options for my core values to be tapped into. My core right. value was helping somebody. I could have done that as a doctor. I could have done that as a speaker. I could do that as a guy behind a cash register at a gas station who goes way out of his way and like hands flowers right. to everybody who comes in or like, you know, makes like baked goods and hands them out like as he's pumping gas. I don't know, ridiculous, but like I remember this guy Muhammad who worked at a gas, my mom's gonna love this story. He, he got my mom a pair of shoes that were like 18 sizes too small from India, which is where he was from when he yeah. went and visited there because he was so animate about doing a good job at his job. And to all of us who our heads are too big, by the way, all the time about what we think we are owed as Americans, like we, we have to work for everything that we get and, and we, th we lose that sometimes. Um, but he just had this fired up mindset of like, I'm going to kick butt at pumping gas today. And that's enough of it. Like, I told you the story of the lady pumping gas here a couple months ago, and she was, like, eating a sandwich and overcharged me by 20 bucks and, like, expected me to pay it. But she was eating her sandwich and talking with a friend while she yeah. should have been pumping the gas. Like, I don't care that it's pumping gas or if you're, like, the number one man to the president. Like, you need to be all in on your job. Muhammad was all in on his job. He did everything he can to make the experience great. That's my core value. I want... I want to help people. I know my, my core value is being kind, doing the right thing, and helping people. Those, that's who I am. So no matter what avenue I went in, I'll be successful because I'm just following off of those core values. That's your core value. So many of us are stuck on being the lawyer, being the doctor, being the personal trainer, being a speaker. When That's not your truth. Your truth is something providing deeper. for people something, something deeper. deeper. Right. And then you can go with it as you go, which is why your goal changed so much through your process. Is, you have to know what it is. And that comes with knowing thyself, introspection. Right. Right. You have to be, being, you know, I always, people don't get bored anymore. And when you, when you, when you have conversations with yourself, right, you find out so much. There's a, there's a part of you that you don't have access to. Mm -hmm. And you need to give it a chance to come and talk to you. And then say, okay, what am I about? But it's such a scary thing because you find out things about yourself that you may not like. Right. So we're very afraid to talk to ourselves, right? So you have to be open to whatever it is, is you. You have good parts, you have bad parts. And that, this is why sometimes arguments go on forever. Right. Because no one can actually talk and say, wait a second, what if I'm, what if I'm not right here? What if they're as, as just as sincere on their position as I am? So if you know yourself, you're likely to find out what that core value is you have to give the world and then you go and spread it but but the first thing is you have to do that work to figure it out i think business world is changing just business in any right and not like business like the the entity right. i'm just talking about like how people live make their living all this i think it's shifting from it used to be like you do whatever you do to get money like you make it happen and success comes from hard work and just getting it done whatever like you might have to step on some people along the way i just don't believe that anymore I really believe that in our industry and in the world in general, everything is seen now because everything is on camera, everything's caught. 
doing the right thing, people respect that. And in turn, it will give you long-term results. So like, I've worked with people who just think that the one over, the quick fix, the like, look, you gotta step on this little guy just because it's gonna take you that next step and you just gotta do it and it sucks, but you gotta, and I'm just like not about that game. I think that kindness matters in a massive way and that will lead you to the glory of whatever it is. So I am obviously, I'm not like Mother Teresa, right? right. I'm a businessman. Right. So um, ultimately, yes, my goal is to be successful at, at be, stay in business and be successful at it. But I actually do believe that being trustworthy, being having the best interest of your clients at hand, playing the long game is actually a very good business strategy for somebody who just wants to get rich. Let's say all you want to do right. was to get rich. Because it's it's a path of it's path path least followed. You're definitely gonna stand out in your in your field that you're in. Hey, this person had the opportunity to rip me off and they didn't. Right. It's essentially a marketing cost. That's right. how I see it. I see it as a marketing cost. Some like big money maker entrepreneur needs to hear this right now, so please keep going. Right. So you, even if, and you know, because in business you have to be logical, your, your business doesn't have a conscience. Right. Let's assume my business partner's gym doesn't give a crap about people, charity work, whatever. All it cares about is making as much money as possible. I am making the case, this is part of the reasons why I left IBM to go run this, that treating people well and giving up the first dollar, right, that you can get from them, maybe by either something predatory or something where you're taking advantage of them or something where you put them in a position where they make a wrong decision, uh, or, or, you know, weight loss, for example, is a very famous one. There's a, lots of things you can sell to people that don't really work that well, not good for them, but also make, them a lot of, make you a lot of money. I, I think that you, that argument can be made, and this is the argument that I'm making. This is an argument I've bet my entire life on. I've bet all my savings on. I've bet my social life, my everything on. I mean, is that running a business where you are good to people, where you are trustworthy, where you care for things they care about. Like Partners Gym, for example, we try to match all the marketing dollars we spend with contributions. We're trying to make about 10 grand in donations to... Um, different charities. We've done Pediatric Cancer Foundation. We did uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, there's probably a few more in my head that I'm not remembering right now. But the way I look at it is I can spend seven grand on Facebook, whatever, advertising. I wouldn't know what happened to it. Or I can do a fundraiser for the Pediatric Cancer Foundation and it'll cost me five grand and I'll raise them seven grand. And I think that at the end of the day, I've made a better business decision. And that's an argument that can be made and can be had. People can argue either way. But the argument I'm making or we're making isn't that so much that, that taking the long view, playing the long game and treating people well, not stepping on everyone's heads to get For the up immediate top, dollar. Right. Right, right, right. I don't actually believe it's the best strategy to get rich. Right. I don't believe that. I think if you put your head down and be strategic about your goodness, right? And strategic about your goodness, shit. You would strategic about your goodness because I am. I am an. I am. I am a business owner. You're an entrepreneur, right? right. True. And I have to be. I have to be. I have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's best for my business. Right. And I actually do believe that being good. I mean, I have people who have been members of part partners, and then they will lose their jobs. I'll be like, that's okay. Just keep coming. Right. right. Just keep coming. I've done, I've, I literally, I would say I spend probably, I'll take, there's probably f a few thousand whatever dollars. I'll say I can raise my revenues by 20%. If I, if I just said, let's take the short term on, on every single transaction I do. I think I raise my revenues by 20% right now. But I believe that I can become, I'm in the empire business, right? I'm not in the just trying, I'm in trying to become a global like, like trying to make impact the global level, right? And I think that that is worth more than trying to raise my revenues 20% right now with things I can do. I just think, so it's not so much an argument of, oh, these people are just hippies talking about treat, you know, holding hands and singing kumbaya. In business, you have a fiduciary responsibility as an owner or whoever, whatever it is representing to do what's best for it. And what's best for it, I think, is strategic goodness. Right. And that's, that's my business model. If you look at the events I do, every event I do benefits something, right? Something that people, my people care about, right? My people care about, have, have, have had 
parents who've been affected by childhood cancer. I've had parents who be affected by so many different things that, that I can help with mm-hmm. and, you know, brain cancer for, for their elderly parents. And I always find a way to, to, to contribute to it. Right. And they're not, they're not, if someone, they're not great short-term business moves. Um, and, you know, I, these are things that I, I, I like to think that I'm a decent person. So right. as a person, I like the fact that I do that. But if it was always good for me, as, if it were only good for me as a person, but not good for my business, then it's unfair to my business. And everybody else who's working here, relying on income from here, for me to be doing that and saying, just, just indulging myself. There's Actually a way believe, to make it a part of the system. You have, to be, you have to be strategic about right, it. Right, right. It doesn't mean you're not sincere. You're 100% sincere. The money still goes to the Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Everything I do is, under, you know, it's above... It's, 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 it's ethical. Everything is, is above board and good, right? But the fact that you're being strategic about it is just an added thing. You, you say, okay, what am I doing here? And how can, I, how can I leverage what I'm doing for my business? Right. And I believe in that so much. And straight up, I'm going to be very honest. What I've done from where I started at 20, well, 17 technically, but when I really started working in this industry full time at 21, what I've done in this time the percentage in which my numbers of what I charge per session, the number of clientele, the success rate I've had has grown exponentially. Like I don't even know numbers right now off the top of my head because I'm not great with numbers. But like ridiculous, like just add zeros to things I was doing before. That truly came off of decisions that were doing the right thing. Like I just wouldn't make a decision... And it's my mom. Like, my mom always said, like, just kindness matters. OB sells sweatshirts that uh, be a good person is what they right. say, right? That's, that's his logo, essentially. Like, it's his branding. All of his sweatshirts say be a good person, the partner's gym. And I rock that sweatshirt all the time because, and that's why me and OB initially, like, I think hit it off is because I was like, wait a minute. What, all your shirts say be a good person? That's amazing. And that's how I made all of my business decisions before I met OB, after him and I had, had partnered together or I worked at his gym as a trainer. We didn't even mention that. I'm a personal trainer. I was doing personal <laughs> yeah, training yeah, at his gym. About how we met. Yeah, we'll do that another day. So, so everything was based off of that. And I don't want to get too deep into it. It's what he said gave you guys the gist and the importance of what that is. But I, I just, from my perspective, I'm not a mega success story. And I'll say yet because I'm confident that I will be in some way. On a scale of what a 21-year-old would look at me as right now, he would be like, whoa, how did you do that at 26? Being a business owner, another business owner of your own thing, and then also like working at Performance House, the most elite training facility in New York City, all that stuff. It's wild what I've done to some people. To other people, it's like, dude, you took step one. Great. All perspective. Who cares? Bottom line is any level of success that I feel I've reached. I'm not a mega businessman. So if somebody's challenging me and be like, dude, you don't know about money, probably true. You you could test me on understanding finances, all that stuff. You're absolutely right. I just know when things are successful and when they're not, that I've learned to see that trend. I've gotten really good at understanding trends. And what always seems to just repeat itself is positivity, optimism, and kindness goes way further than being the short-term kind of guy right. who's and, screwing and everybody And the question out. people ask, well, if, if, if you're saying it's also good business, then why isn't everybody doing it? Right. If you're saying that's the... Because people are scared to do it. People are scared to do the right thing because they think that they will lose money doing it. I'm telling you right now, right. my dad, here's one beautiful example. My dad is one of the only... Uh, family-owned pharmacies left on the East Coast because they've all been kicked out by... He's third generation. Yeah. Unbelievably successful business. They're killing it, murdering it. Beaumont and 187th, Mount Carmel Pharmacy. They've been around for three generations. They literally are one of the only ones left. And the only ones doing it right. He's been audited twice, and the only one on the East Coast... Perfectly, 100% could not find one dent in the business. Yeah. It's never happened before. Like, I believe that that's the truth. Like, I, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure they're the only one on the East Coast that didn't get screwed over with the audit. Because they do everything the right way. They're, do, they're just good people. They look out for their employees, look out for their people. They do over a 1,000 deliveries a day in their little space in the Bronx. How does a business like that keep going against a CBS, a Dwayne Reed? Right. Everybody else is knocked out. Why? 
Do you think that doing the right thing has a lot to do with it? It seems like there's a trend there because there's a lot of businesses in his, in his space, in the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry, in the Bronx, people selling drugs out the back door. These old Italian-style pharmacies, these old, like, they, they, will, they did that shit. And I, I've heard stories, I've seen it. And they were broken down and long-term done. Yeah. So I just believe it's so important. Um, we have to cut it off. So what I want to say is, or what I want to ask is one thing, try and keep it pr pretty short because people have learned a lot about you in this time. But one thing to leave people with, uh, you know, if somebody said, Obi, quick, I need a word of advice just to keep people going on with their day. What do you got? Who? Just one? I don't know. Just like something to leave people with. There's no pressure. Just okay, to, I you've say, given all your golden nuggets so far. I, I, I would say always do what you say you're going to do. <gasps> that's, that's what I would say. I <laughs> love um, it. And this, this, this goes on to walking into the grocery store and thinking, I'm just here to get, a, get whatever is on my list. Don't pick up something that's not on your list because it's not what you said you were going to do. It applies everywhere. It applies everywhere. Come Fitness, back from, from say, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to spend my night. Then the TV comes on. No, no. Do what you say you're going to do. And it, 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 it starts with the little things. Like I'm a big, I'm big into not putting stuff away. Mm -hmm. I leave my shoes everywhere. I leave everything everywhere. I know. And then, but when I start picking up after myself, everything else picks up in my life. Right. But picking up my shoes is just what I said. I want to be the kind of person who picks up their shoes. Right. I start picking up my shoes. Everything else starts lining up. I'm going to so, go to the gym. I so, start going to the gym. So the, the version of you that makes a plan for yourself, do be that person that you want to be. Mm -hmm. And do... As much as possible, don't fall for temptation in the institution. Go, oh, no, no, just this one time, right? So if you say you're going to do something, do it. Love it. Where can we find you? Where can people check up on you? You got Instagram. Show us. Tell us. What do you got? Well, I am I, pretty much just barricaded in partners, Jim. I'm here all the time. Yeah, I literally. Remember. Physically, he is here every second of <laughs> every day. I'm a house arrest. Um, <laughs> but, yes, we're on in you know, Thornwood, New York, the partners, Jim. Uh, we do mostly small group training. Um, we're we're not a you know, we're not a CrossFit gym, but we sort of uh, if you come in here, it looks like it. It's just that we take a a, a more uh, we take a holistic uh, approach to fitness. So we use all kinds of modalities: of bodybuilding, CrossFit looking things, um, you know, conditioning, workouts. So that's where we are in, in uh, Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie is where I live in Westchester, New York. Here's the thing: I'm gonna Thorn throw this. I'm gonna throw this out there. You say yes or no. You're live. If, they, if somebody from Westchester is listening to this and wants to come try out the gym for the day, if you come in and say, I listen to Nick Pag's podcast and you heard it on the podcast, they get a day, a day free hanging out at Partners Gym. They can come try it out. What do you think? We'll give them three free classes. Whoa! Oh, this is the, the Nick Pag's the Nick, the the Nick, Nick Pag special. Yo, yeah, Nick stick special. around with me. You'll be golden. <laughs> three free classes on the house if you heard it here on the Nick Pag. Huge. Show. So just come in and so do that. What about also on Instagram yep. um, at The Yobi Show. Uh, at the, the OB show, the OB, OB I S H O W. Yes, and uh, the Partners Gym at the Partners Gym on Instagram. Um, we're on Facebook as well. Great. Well, is anyone still on Facebook? I don't know, man. It's slowing I, down. I, I don't. We know better stop talking about that before <laughs> it becomes another conversation. <laughs> Obi, thank you so much uh, for being a part of it. You're the inaugurating us. I'm, I'm very honored to uh, be on this with you. Um, Special man. We've had wonderful conversations together. I I think you're one of the people that when I, when I have a, a thought, I'm like, I'm going to talk to Nick about this. Well, so when I see Nick, I'm like, hey, there's so much I have to say. <laughs> and this guy, speaking about process, is one of the hardest working people you'd find in any business. And I, what I always tell Nick Washington. when something happens to him is this. I tell Nick that you've prepared yourself for this. You've worked as hard as anybody could possibly work for this. So enjoy it. You deserve it. I never go on, oh, hey, Nick, this is what you did. That's awesome. I, I always, Nick, when I, when I text you, what do I say? I refer to how hard you work. It's true. This is what I love about this guy. This guy, he looks all, you know, GQ and stuff. But if he's <laughs> going to sleep on his car to, to get the job done, he will. We take naps in here on the floor, both of us. We're not above that. Nope. We're, we're lying side to side. You know, there, <laughs> there's, not, there's pictures of it. I mean, at the, we don't spoon that, but, yeah. but we're, 
We don't spoon. He said that, that much. Not that much. <laughs> but we're, we're lying on a rubber floor, right? True. Getting, waiting for next session, whatever it takes. It's about the process. When you, someone, you see someone successful, don't ask them what they've achieved. Ask them what they did to achieve it, what they had to give up. That's what you can take from that situation because you can't go and become them. But you can learn something from the process. You heard it here, my friends. The Obi Show. Thank you so much for being on, Obi. Thank you. Guys, thank thank you. you for watching. You. Stay tuned for the next one. Nick Pags. See ya. Peace. Yes. Love it, man. Awesome. This was fun. Yo, fam! I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and to follow me at Nick Tag Fit on Insta. I want to acknowledge you for committing to yourself today. I am so appreciative for your attention, and I never take it for granted. I'm looking forward to seeing y'all on the next episode. Peace!